Glenn, welcome back to the show, man. You've been on before. I like it. You and I have worked on a lot of great things. So you and I are going to start having this periodic conversation, you know, about what's going on in our lives and specifically what's going on in your life. Because you've done a lot and you've been out there. You've been on the forefront of a lot of different things where you've had optics on your situation. One of them being the recent loss of your wife. So I really, right off, we get off the bat, I want to say I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. I know, I know, I know, I can never imagine what you're going through. So brother, welcome. And hey. thanks, man. Hey, I, I absolutely appreciate that. Um, I pr- appreciate the kind words. And you've certainly like, uh, like a number of folks have been, been there for me. Uh, not just, you know, when, when my, my wife died in early December, but the years leading up to that, I mean, it was not something that was, uh, that was sudden. Um, she had brain cancer and, you know, the last three years were hard. The last one year was harder and the last, you know, three months were harder than that. And the last month was harder. I mean, just kind of was just one of these things that kind of fell off a cliff. Um, you know, we got through it and I've got two kids. Um, we got through it cause I always would ask the, I'd, I'd basically say, well, why wouldn't we? Cause you know, typically the observation from others and friends was, um, you know, I, if I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do. And my reaction tends to be, well, I do exactly what you're doing or what you would do, which is you just get it done. You do what you're supposed to do. Um, because, you know, not just because she's my wife. I mean, I love her to death and our family's super important. So we just made it through, but yeah, that last, the last month was tough. I mean, she had a, 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 re- a couple of really bad seizures that ended up making her paralyzed on her right side. So I'm having to lift and carry her around um, with some assistance naturally, but it made it so uh, beat my body up um, for years, but especially that last month. And so now I'm now I'm dealing with uh, a bulging disc C six C seven pinching into my spinal cord, and also just some uh, old man bulging disc in my lumbar. Uh, but heck, you know what? I'm you know I'm I'm only going to be turning forty in uh, this uh, what this March. And I mean, my if you look close at my beard, uh, you'd think I'm a lot older, but. Uh, I've got a lot of life ahead of me. My kids do as well. We're going to pick our heads up. But man, gives a lot of perspective, certainly lowered my tolerance for BS. And there's some, you know, I'm not upset with anything. Uh, There's some areas where I'm struggling, but most of them happen to be, it's that physical mental part of you go through something. I know you can relate to this and a lot of people that listen to this stuff too. It's like you go, you go through this way of living for a long time. In my case, almost a decade and it was physically tiring. It was mentally tiring. And then boom, one day it's gone. And I mean, there's uh, two nights ago, I didn't sleep again. I mean, it's about every third night I don't sleep. And it's not because my mind's wandering. It's sleep is boring. Like that's that's kind of what happens. And so I don't really fight against it. Um, but then it jacks it up to where, you know, I did a couple of meetings yesterday morning. It was done about 1040. <laughs> I fell asleep most of the next 24 hours. Um, so it's tough. My kids are awesome. And I just, you know, really I'm kind of rambling, but the, the moral of the story, is, you know, I can say, speak as a man, a husband, love on your wife, you know, just be playful, like appreciate all those moments. And we certainly had the opportunity to do that in the last few months to where it felt at the end, like it did at the beginning. And I don't think a lot of people, have the opportunity to recognize that and act on it as we did. And so I just count that as a, as a blessing. And, you know, I can't say enough about my kids too. I mean, 
uh, half the time they're taking care of me uh, these days. So uh, I'm lucky to have it. But uh, but yeah, no, thank you. And uh, thanks for just you know giving me a spot to share some of that with others. Always, brother. And we're going to do this regularly, too, because we need to talk. You and I both talked about the BS in a virtual world. <laughs> a lot of times people are keyboard commandos. They're over here talking, spurting out 280 letters, um, characters. But the thing is, nobody's speaking anymore. Nobody's talking. They're all just, you know, like I said, the keyboard commando. They're, they're trying to voice their energy out that way, but not being productive. No. And, you know, the thing is, like with you, you were going 24-7, 365. I remember getting a text here and there like, I'm like, dude, does this dude sleep? Um, but it's like a kind of a mentality where we're always on a mission. And yeah. the biggest, your mission was caring for your loved one and, and doing that and doing that and doing, becoming a subject matter expert on that topic, as well as all these other different topics. And now you need that mission. And, but the thing is the bullshit, the absolute bullshit that's out there that people are making these split second comments based on a raw emotion that they don't really understand. No. So I would caution people, if you're going to go out and you're going to like try to nuke someone, try to cancel someone, think twice, take a breath and, and stop the bullshit, man. We got to get conversation out there. The whole concept of brick and mortar and selling physical games, there's very few people. I'd say you and me, our generation is the last that wants physical. And I always wanted it because at least I own something or when I'm done with yeah. it, I can sell it, you know, whether it's selling it to GameStop for a couple of cents or eBay or a garage sale, whatever, it doesn't matter, but I could actually turn it into something. Whereas digital doesn't make any sense. You don't own yeah. anything. So it's just, it's just so odd to me, but yeah, I mean, the whole basically is, is uh, when you're shorting, you're betting that it's going to go down. And when it doesn't, you end up having to buy those shares that you bet on. This is the super stupid layman's way of looking at it. And this group on Reddit that's been around forever. I mean, and this is not the first time they've done this. This is just the most extreme version. And it's funny. It's GameStop. Everybody's bored. We're all at home. We can pay attention to this. And you know, they're able to basically jack up the price because the thing with the stock market, and I, I noticed this really, really young. And I, I was always found it odd when the market would crash because like conceptually, the market never has to crash. If we all just decide that everything's valuable, like arbitrarily, the stock market goes up. Like mm -hmm. that is literally how, you know, you like something, you buy into it. The more people that buy into it, the more it goes up. And I've just always found that odd. And you know, here GameStop gets bit. Um, but then you have other things like today or the past 24 hours, the the Robinhood app, which is, you know, supposedly the app for the people, uh, for you mm -hmm. and me to use. You know, they're having to to shut down a whole bunch of stuff, um, which then and makes you me know, that's where and yeah. that's where it gets me too, is because if you're gonna call yourself the Robinhood app <laughs> and you're gonna go out there and you're gonna pull all these people in onto your platform, people like normal people, everyday people people who don't have the millions of dollars to go and people are just, you know, slowly just kind of want to be part of it. And then you're going to say, Nope, you're not good enough. That's the way I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm the normal guy who doesn't really have a clue about stocks and all this other stuff, put my retirement here and there. Um, but the thing is, if you're going to have an app and you're going to say, okay, you know what, we're the Robin hood app, we're here for the people. And then all of a sudden you're going to say, Oh, well, we don't like what you're doing. That's, that's not right. You know, I, I'm not into that. 
Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is oddly enough, I recall very specifically when Robinhood launched and this is exactly what everybody was warning about with Robinhood app. I think it had more to do with who their management was. Um, again, it is what it is. And a lot of people got to ride it out until right now. Um, but that's where, you know, I've always said, you know, look at the Fidelis in the stock trade or Scott trades. Like, yes, you have to have a thousand dollar buy-in, but I don't know. Again, I understand at the same time I'm being somewhat judgmental, but if you don't have a thousand dollars to to I mean, gamble, let's let's get real. You're gambling at that. Yeah. Unless because if you don't have, you know, lots of money, you don't have the ability nor the nor the time to go and really understand this. It's just it's gambling is the same thing as buying scratchers. It's the same thing as um, you know, going and play the tables, you got to think of it like it's a, it's a fun hobby that you have to be willing to lose your money on. Um, and that's why you know, I've always just kind of looked at something like the Robin app and I'm wondering, are they taking advantage of the little guy, the little guy, because the little guy yeah. doesn't know anything. And somehow, whether it's, they're selling the data externally or mm-hmm. they're making money off the trades, like there's always something there. And it doesn't mean that the, at the Robin Hood team are bad people or there's anything even unethical going on, but there's certainly, again, it's one of those where it comes back to personal responsibility of the average Joe. You can't just take everything for face value. You don't need to share every opinion you have. You just do a little bit of research or realize maybe the easy dollar, the reason why it's the easy dollar it's because it's a bunch of bull. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to put effort into stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't just magically happen. I mean, you can walk into it, you can get lucky, but that's not a way to, you know, live life just wandering around looking for blind luck. Robin Hood, brother. We could talk about that all day long. The thing is, uh, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. But I can imagine Robin Hood is out there. Robin Hood app is making money off of these people, and now they don't want to fully support what they put out there. Yep. That's my viewpoint. And I am the uneducated viewpoint of Jason Piccolo. So, <laughs> so what else is going on in life, Glenn? Heck man. I mean, uh, as you know, I, I have the pleasure of running, you know, OSD and all our fun stuff. Uh, you know, the, the veteran support nonprofit. And that's certainly been an adventure uh, through, you know, through COVID and then with the personal stuff going on. And I have a lot of the community to thank for, uh, their patients. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the main, the main thing with that, I always like to share is like last year, like many organizations, uh, you know, what COVID started impacting everybody late March, um, April, May. And there was a lot of just odd questions we were asking, you know, what, what do we do? Where do we go? What's our focus? Do we need to expand? Do we need to contract? Like it, so I'd say, we ended up having a good excuse. I think companies that looked at it this way ended up being a lot more successful. We had this good excuse to go, okay, we have to address all these things that we were going to six months, a year, two years down the road, but we got to do it now. Now is the time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up divesting, which is a weird <laughs> term that nobody hears in the nonprofit <laughs> world. Um, we ended up divesting, uh, what, one, two, three or four of our of our brands, um, including uh, Heroes Gone Wild, which was our outdoor hunting and fishing. Uh, and I was happy. We, we actually divested that to uh, a real good friend, actually our, our uh, COO, so he could do what he wants with it, right? Create yeah. another nonprofit, just make it a local organization. Um, but the reason we did that is because of COVID, uh, number one, that was our largest 
budget um, and hardest to control program, again, with hunting and fishing. And not that we couldn't still go hunting and fishing, it was outdoors, but as an organization with firearms and, uh, yeah, and risk yeah. profile and insurance and all this, and like we couldn't immediately sponsor hunting and fishing and then not have to have dudes have to wear masks in the pictures. Like I would be asking too much of, of those people. So we ended up doing that. And then we ended up divesting some of our, um, our, our professional development because our relationships with large corporations, you know, Google and Facebook and all these ended up evaporating due to their veteran ERGs, their employee resource groups essentially disappearing. That's the problem. I think, again, it comes back to it's all, the thing, everything we've been talking about is this like entitlement as a consumer yeah. that I get what I want when I want it for the price that I want to pay for well, it. Let's, like, let's no, talk you about get it, it when you, you show know, up. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is we've come, you know, I'm, I'm 48 now. And to me, it's like if I wanted to buy comic books back in the day, I would have to go write a letter to Mile High Comics, get my mom and dad to give me a check. Send it out to Colorado, and this is if I wanted to get like you know a special edition or an older edition. Yeah. And then maybe eight to twelve weeks later, I would get it. Yeah. And nowadays, I'm like, if that shit ain't here within 24, if it's not here this afternoon, a bad review. You know, it's like, yeah. come on. Oh, yeah. But you know what? That was like, I, I can't look at it. The I had the mentality of like you know, Gen X, where it's like, hey, you know, it'll get here. But if you've grown up with the the instant gratification, the instant everything, oh, I yeah. can see that. And that's where you know you and I were talking about the virtual world is a lot of the a lot of the younger generation is basically virtual, man. Mm -hmm. oh, you yeah. know, they they came in after Al Gore created the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after he pulled it out of his lockbox. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, Al and for anybody who's younger yeah. listening, Al Gore, I guess, one time said, Hey, you know what, he helped create the internet. <laughs> He also made one of the best comedies of all time um, called An Inconvenient Truth. Um, um, a highly, yeah. highly recommended comedy. I mean, certainly up there with Tropic Thunder and Step Brothers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Brother. <laughs> you do do one of those like watch along ones where you, you watch it and comment. Um, but no, I mean, you're right with kids growing up on Mystery uh, Theater 4000. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'd be like that or the two grumpy guys on the Muppets. Um, That's what we could be, you know? Yeah. But, the, you know, like you said, though, with kids, especially growing up, I've got a 17-year-old and 13-year-old. Uh, certainly my responsibility as a parent for how I um, – it's not so much regulate their use of the internet, but provide commentary to it. And the commentary mm -hmm. can't be back when I was a kid. I had to save you know, know. by finding cans to spend the $20 on a Tiger <laughs> handheld. Um because that doesn't make sense to them unless no. you really explain it or change that into like a, a current example. But I mean, the thing is though, is it's, you know, using the example, like you said, with uh, looking for like an Xbox or a, a PlayStation, you could find one if you wanted to, but, if, but you have to not do other things like not work or not pay attention to your wife or not do your, yeah, you you know, gotta, not do your program. Yeah. And other people are choosing to do what they want to do. Like it's again, it's the it's we all focus where we want, and you get the you know you get to reap the benefits of that. And maybe you got to wait a little bit longer. It's on you, man. <laughs> you know, at least uh, at least I know one day I'll be getting one. Yeah, but you know what the thing is, man. It's like you and I both know, and it, a lot of people in the virtual world, and you you and I were talking about this before about you know Twitch and streaming and everything else is it's kind of yeah. like the in thing. 
Um, it's always been kind of the end thing for certain for certain people. But the the advantages of video games I cannot explain. You know, like I said before, I'm 48, but I've been playing for you know what two or three decades now. I can you know maybe two and a half decades. Um, when I got back from the war in 06, I went on, I, I was an IRR guy, I mean, individual ready reserve. So I didn't go back to a unit. I didn't go back to anywhere else. I ended up having to move my job. So I really didn't have any local friends. Mm -hmm. So at night when I got off work, I'd hop online and my network, I had a few friends here and there across the country. We built out a network of 12 people in every different culture you can imagine from truck drivers, some Canadian guys that worked in a mill. Uh, we had 12 people when we, we would play regularly and it was such like a lifeline, man. And I, when people say, Oh, you're going to play video games. You're going to do this. It's not what you think to me. It's talking shit. It's, you know, being able to talk to my friends and get some energy out. It's mindless. I'm not constantly going, going, going. I'm not, I'm not editing a, a, a podcast. I'm not writing a book. I'm not doing anything that has, you know, value. I'm just enjoying myself and talking shit. It's like having virtual friends when we can't get out into the real world, you know? Absolutely. No, I think that's, I mean, that's like the, the cornerstone of, of OSD and especially, um, you know, the games to grunts program and the 76 operators community is it's, it's, it's purposely not serious. I mean, that's one of the big changes and it kind of, it revolves around everything we've been talking about is we just turned 10, um, you know, into last year. So this year is kind of our 10 year celebration and, you know, veteran support has gotten so freaking serious across yeah. the board. Now, certain things are serious. I mean, you're, you know, you're working um, on, you know, the, the, the burn pits, like yeah. that is a serious thing. That's a medical thing, hundred percent all the time. And yeah, some of the narrative, can choose to be toned down to reach different audiences, but it's still a serious issue, right? You're breathing stuff mm -hmm. in, you're having all these, you know, terrible medical issues. So we need to talk about it in a way that shows the seriousness because the desired outcome is a medical outcome. Yeah. In our particular case, you know, OSD with our program operation supply drip started by sending video game care packages to deployed troops. And I mean, the amount of the stories we get about, enjoying gaming both video and tabletop while deployed is is incredible and i don't care whether you're you know somebody sitting back on the fob or your guys kicking down doors like it's it's the same because it brings people together decompression um you know nowadays it's being recognized as a way to increase unit cohesion and morale and whatnot but over the years it's you know, it's become so almost this like quasi clinical solution um, to mental health. So it's like, hey, I've got a mental health problem. I'm going to prescribe myself video games. How about we don't need to go that far, right? Yeah. There's a clear delineation between you need clinical help or not. And preclinical help is things like being a part of a community, being personally responsible. Like we are responsible for our own mental health at the, at the end of the day, right? Um, now, whether it's in the veteran community or abroad, no one's want anybody to commit suicide or being thinking about that. But the number one way to stop that narrative in the majority of the population is number one, we don't need to talk about it all the time because mm -hmm. there's a, there is a real a real issue with normalization. But number two, it's just being a part of a community and engaging and interacting with other people helps, right? And so, well, you know, that's the thing you don't, that. you don't have to talk about it all the time. You don't have to keep 
it seems like with mental health is like if you focus, focus, focus on it all the time, it just starts crushing you. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. need your outlets, man. You need something that's not the mental health, something that's not the darkness, something that's not all the bullshit that's going on in your brain. And like when you like we were talking, man, when you get into the zone and when you're playing a video game, you're talking shit. Um, your your mind is just working on something else. It's that working at a different level where it's getting away from all that darkness. Oh yeah, I love it, man. I and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll tell people all day long about you know how it just helps with not just with that, but like visual acuity and oh yeah, getting your mind working because we need a break, man. Yeah, absolutely. and like you, you definitely need a new mission. Yeah, yeah. That's the you personal one. A personal it's, mission, man. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of people would say, well, obviously I've got, you know, what I do with the, the nonprofit. And that, that's true. Um, but one of the things, like, w- when I think about everything, every you know, every day, it's like, you know, my wife's not here anymore. And with my personality and how I think and how I'm motivated, I mean, she was really like that that soft place to land, like that that person that – gave me the type of feedback that I needed. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, in, in, in very, very um, you know, transparent clarity, the past two years, my primary motivation was I needed to make sure OSD was successful. So I had the same health insurance to be able to cover yeah. her. And and I'm not ashamed to say that because the reality is we still had two badass years. I wasn't not motivated by the mission. But my primary motivation was no matter what's going on, I have to make sure that we've got this awesome healthcare. You know, because it was. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And not that I don't need healthcare, I do. But that primary, that drive, the very clear, it took a hundred percent. Like if I had a bad, bad day, bad feedback, some bullshit popped up, I always knew. Hey, you know what? The important thing is my wife's getting taken care of. I could take care of her. And poof, like literally gone. And so not only do I not have all those different things tugging on me physically and mentally, but, you know, the crazy days, because I, you know, again, I keep referring back, I've got a kind of a bizarre personality. Um, But the types of situations I'll allow myself to get into, I mean, she'd be the one shoot up until a month or a few months before she died. Like she could steer me away from those or pull me out. Hey Glenn, you don't need to be doing that. That's not something you need to engage with. And now I have to be a lot more thoughtful and um, kind of tiptoeing sure-footedly. Taking a step back before you, you take yeah, that. And that's swing, that's huh? just weird, man. I'm a, I'm a full send. Um, I don't, but you not, are, brother. I gotta but say not you like, are. yeah. I don't, I don't pick fights with people. Like mm-hmm. I like, I love, I love, I just love people, man. But that ends up getting you inside of some of these situations you don't need to be in. But then it's like, once the day's over and I mean, I'm really, really close to my kids. I mean, we, uh, you know, watching shows together, playing doing stuff like that's, that's cool. I mean, earlier late morning, I was playing chess with my son, but it's like, once they go to bed, it, it's kind of on. The reason I want to share this stuff is I think this is the kind of stuff that, helps especially as as guys to kind of talk through what we're thinking a little bit more but it's like they go to bed the house quiets down maybe i go play a little bit of you know Warzone or something with some friends which i absolutely love and adore them and it's not that once that over my brain suddenly goes to the darkness it's more along the lines that i'm thinking i'm like i've got a a hole like there's a hole there and i don't know 
what to fill it with. And it's like when my, you know, as I'm trying to drift off to sleep, like to me, thank, like, thank God when I'm like thinking and picture my wife, all I can see is her smiling face, which is great because that's, that makes me smile. Like that makes, that make that brings me happiness and joy. So I don't, like even with what I saw and experienced, you know, as the past, you know, the final few days of her life, like that's some that's some scary stuff that I was basically playing nurse in the ER with the nurses to help kind of keep up with stuff. But that's not what that's not what's at the top of my brain. And so I'm very thankful for it. But it's just that, again, you know, like you said, it's what's the mission? All right. I'm, I've got this time. I'm thinking I need to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. But like what's getting me up in the morning, aside from obviously being a father, which is an incredible mission as well. But like, all right, cool. The kids are in their school grind. Now what? And my default is I want to go play Call of Duty, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, (laughs) because it's mindless, because I get to play with friends. But those Mm -hmm. are the things that are hard to to kind of struggle through and figuring out, okay, you know, what's the next 10 to 20 years look like? Because I've got another I've got a whole, like, not just the, the metaphorical, I've got a whole, like, literally lifetime ahead of me. I've got, like, round two coming up. So what are we going to do? Let's go kick some ass. Like, why not? I hear you, man. And that's the thing is, like, finding that next cool-ass mission that, and, you know, that's the thing is, like, once you hit the second phase, like me, I'm on my second phase now. That's why you're seeing me on social media. That's why you're seeing me doing podcasts and shows. And I'm doing stuff that I enjoy and stuff that I believe in. The first half of my life, you know, it was essentially, hey, working the grind, working the job, um, you know, doing my thing, doing what a career I thought I was supposed to be doing. And now the second part is like, I'm like, you know what? It's more about what is going to make me whole. Because mm-hmm. I tell you what, a job, education and all that stuff, it's cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, but it's not what I live for anymore. Absolutely. I'm not trying to build a professional resume. Now I'm trying to build my personal resume, which is at the end of the day, when I go to, you know, apply to that job to heaven or whatever, eventually did I check all the blocks personally? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the legacy part and it's the, the right view yeah. on legacy. It's because I think some people and you usually struggle with this when we're younger because we think of legacy as being, um, selfish or self-serving when reality if you think of it in the basic sense like it's the what are you what are you leaving behind to be remembered by um and for somebody to be starting a business and like literally leaving that behind for your kids or your family um but in the other basic sense it's you know who did you serve and how like Mm -hmm. what what did what did you do to make and again some of the cheesy right but it's like you know what did you really do to make the world a better place and for other people in in a way that's you know centered on you know reasonable set of values and that that can be a struggle i think for some because you're like well i gotta find this thing i can latch on to it might change i mean shoot what you see is the path towards your legacy today could literally change tomorrow because of a person you meet or mm-hmm. something you learn. And I think it's being okay with that trajectory being uh, adjusted. Um, and it's just figuring out how to, I think you and I talk a little bit more. It's, it's almost that stoic approach to things while not like being full, full bore stoic. Right. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah, I've, I've met like the, like all in stoics and I'm like, okay, 
you that's guys a little, are, that's a little you guys are hippies. like you're weird you're weird hippies and like that's cool that's i get it but i think there's a lot of of kind of stoicism and i always say that you know hashtag meets expectations that's kind of my version of it um, <laughs> no, nothing is surprising because it really isn't if you think about it and it, that's not saying like you've got this crystal ball and you know everything's gonna happen no i know absolutely nothing about anything but what I do know is in reality, in the grand scheme, statistically, nothing is surprising. Um, it, 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 there's, there's nothing there. And I think that's a much better way to go through life is it's, it is, it's not lowering expectations. Um, I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this quite a bit. I mean, I think one of the things he's always pimping out there is like, you don't know how to make yourself happy. Like, don't, don't have expectations. Um, don't expect anything. When you give $20 to somebody, like that's a sunk cost. I mean, just uh-huh. just give it to them, even if they, ah, I'm gonna give it back. No, 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 no. Don't do not convince yourself they're going to, because then that's living in your mind, weaving in there, and then you develop negative feelings toward that person. No, if you're gonna get twenty dollars, get twenty dollars. Don't get it back. And I think that's hard for a lot of us to do because of the digital presence and online world and all this just chatter. Even though we can look at it and we know it's wrong. It's a, it's a wrong way. It's a, it's a, it's a split second, uneducated view on things. We can't help but react to it. It's just what happens because we're still humans. And I think it's the tough part is that balance of like, how do we, you know, be, you know, present online because that's what we need to do to communicate or even do stuff like you and I are doing right now. But at the same time, make sure our feet are firmly planted in the grass and the dirt because where we live, where we are, our house, our, you know, the entryway to our house and the town we live mm-hmm. in, like, that's what matters more than anything. And if yeah, you we know all what, just did that, world would be a better if, if the social media world would realize that what really matters is literally within 100 yards of where you're standing right now. Yeah. And just draw a circle around it. Um, that's kind of like our life, man. Is like, you know, it, I, I, I sell myself that the reason I do everything is because I'm building quote unquote, a brand for when I retire, I could host like a main show somewhere like a court TV show, America's most wanted type show or something like that. But then lately I've just been like, you know what? That's cool. But that doesn't need to be my primary goal. Yeah. My primary goal right now is to just talk and, and do stuff like this, man, to just have good conversations with good people. And put words out there that aren't just, you know, hashtag this or taking a sexy photo of me with a gun near a river. You know what I mean, man? I want oh, yeah. I want substance in my life. Is it selfish? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, do people want to listen and follow and look? Cool. You know, but yeah. I'm not going to base my life around it. No, I think that's I think that's a smart way to do it. And it's even you know, it's the Instagram filter of the world that we're all trying to figure out. And, you know, you, you and I are both guilty of it because we're only showing snapshots of pieces of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even look at the stuff you know, I've gone through. I haven't hidden it from anybody. I'm very vocal about it, but I'm vocal about it in a conversation because, um, you know, even with the stuff, you know, as, as my wife is dying, like I was sharing some things on Facebook. I know you've seen some of them where, I think one of my ended with like, do not comment on this. Yeah. Like do not comment on this. I do not. And it's not because I don't believe anybody's comment. It's stop wasting your time posting something. Like if, if somebody, 
if somebody you know has loss, call, text them, call them directly, yeah, send them a direct message. I, I because, always tell people that too because like you're going through a different type of grief than ninety percent of people out there don't understand. Um, and then it, until it happens to them, yeah. and you know, and you know, you and I both know, and you were being nice about. it. But, you know, there are that certain group of people on social media that do want to see and hear themselves as the good guy. Like, they're the ones that are taking a picture of themselves giving a dollar to a homeless guy. Yeah. While the rest of us are just giving a dollar to a homeless person. You know, it's it's you don't need you don't need that satisfaction. You don't need people to know what's going on. Uh, If someone, you know, is hurting, reach out to them directly. Ping them. Say, hey, what's up? You good? You need help? If you're sincere about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes the only way of communication, knowing that a message will go through, is posting it on a comment or something like that. But, you know, if you can, reach out to them. Yeah. Well, and if there's, but the thing is, is if there's a hundred comments on it, all of which say my thoughts and prayers are with you. And again, I don't challenge each individual saying that. I genuinely believe that if they say they're praying for somebody, you're going to. Yeah. But at the same time, it, and, and again, this is just the interesting part of the psychology and sociology behind, and again, this is online interaction, is please take that effort. My, my presumption, especially where I was posting what I'm referring to, my presumption is everybody there actually cares. Like, that's, yeah. I think it's reasonable. And you don't need to reply back because I presume that's already what you're doing, which means you're likely replying because other people are replying and then it becomes a snowball. Yeah. It's like definitely a snowball effect. I mean, I knew there was this one person where they literally reached out to me and my daughter first to check on some stuff and then went and posted in the comment section on Facebook. And I'm like, you literally just did that for other people because Mm -hmm. you already talked to and expressed your your thoughts directly in, in actual verbal words to me and my daughter, which means there's nobody else that that is for. And again, it's so, it's so odd to me, but I also think too, it's this reality where we all think we're more, we're responsible for more people than we actually are. So, you know, we see, you know, we see somebody that we, we, we would imagine are inside of our circles and Mm -hmm. we do feel for them. And I'm not saying don't feel for them, but the reality is, or the question I might ask myself is how many people close to me am I missing yeah. because my, I've allowed my circle to get so large that I'm letting all of these tragedies come in again, not because those tragedies are devalued, but you know, an, you know, another person that has even the same thing that my, my wife, my wife went through or somebody lost their kid or somebody's got this thing like that's happening constantly. And I don't diminish that the importance of it for an individual family and the struggle. I know it. I've been through it. I'm going through it. But I just kind of, you know, pose the question of what if we all, for that heaviest stuff, allowed our circles to only oh, have 20, 50, maybe 100 people as opposed to 10,000 people. And then we really, <laughs> instead of donating $10 to, you know, 100 different GoFundMes or whatever, we're all donating I can't do math, but we're don't we're we're donating or we're putting more time in. It's not even about money, yeah. but we're able to focus more on the people that we can and know better because that's what it's that's what's best relationships. It is, brother, and that's the thing is like relationships. It's like so many people are like just so busy 
in their own little worlds that they're not building a relationship like with the real relationships that matter. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, man. It takes, it absolutely takes effort. You have to preemptively do it, which is, which seems selfish. Um, but I think it's smart. You know, you put time into relationships because, you know, and there's plenty of country songs about it, but it's like, what happens if your car drives <laughs> into a ditch? Like, who are you going to call that can help you? And I think that's, uh -huh. it. that's coming back to it. That's the situation. We still drive cars. We still exist in the real world. But guess yeah. what? I love you, brother. But if I called you and asked you to help me get my truck out of a ditch in Texas, I know you're not going to come. Like, And I'm not going to be upset about it. But then it's like, well, where did I put the effort in locally <laughs> to actually have relationships <laughs> to help you with real world stuff? Like, I don't have food or I have a flat tire or I'm stuck at the this place. You know, all of your online right. relationships can't help you with that and um i in that like we're living in a virtual world but we still have real world problems it's you know but at, at least we can kind of chuckle about it and i again i don't i don't have any i don't have any negative feelings towards the individual i think you know while we the people are certainly Listen, responsible bro, if, you're, if you're if yeah. your truck breaks down in texas <laughs> i'll be there yeah like, take me about 48 to 56 <laughs> hours a drive from virginia to texas when I, and I, if I'm you, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, Glenn. And I, I'll be like, like, who else do I know down there that I can delegate this to? I'll be like, fuck, Glenn, don't you have AAA, man? Come on, yeah. bro. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, AAA is my friend. Well, um, brother, point. this is our first episode. Well, let's call this the hot wash, the weekly hot wash. Yeah, I love it. And we'll just, uh, we'll talk about shit that's going on during a week, man. And we'll uh, just jab. Hey. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Glenn and I just jab. And I uh, appreciate you stopping by for this first episode. Hey, thank you, brother. And thank you, everybody, for watching.